When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, Kraken fans? Welcome to Season 2, Episode number 24 of Keeping Up with the Krakens, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. This is your co-host of the pod, Tyler Bell, coming from the beautiful Banff, Alberta. And just like always, joined by fellow co-host of the pod, Alec Durham, the Derminator. What's up, my guy? Oh, not much. Just trying to enjoy a very bittersweet weekend. How about yourself, brother? Oh, not too, too much. Just uh, midway through my work day right now. So, uh, you know, there was a good opportunity to be able to do the pod. Uh, but other than that, man, the sun's shining. It's beautiful. And the Kraken are going to the playoffs, baby. So we couldn't be more excited about that. But uh, why are you so bittersweet over there, pal? That's the bittersweet part of it is the fucking playoffs, man. I mean, sure, it's sweet. Seattle's going in. Bruh, Pittsburgh is not going to the playoffs. I'm fucking devastated. They lost to the two shittiest teams in the NHL. Well, two of the three, because Anaheim's fucking terrible. But fuck. Sid the Kid ain't going to the playoffs and he'll go more. You know what? Uh, it's been a rough f- last few years for Pittsburgh in the playoffs, too. Just a couple first-round bounces. So maybe this is an opportunity for that team to kind of take a, take a step back and kind of reset a little bit. If they were going to do that, they should have did it two months ago when they could have got a good pick. Yeah, yeah, touche. But uh, you never know what kind of position you're going to be in by this time. Um, they could win the lottery. Durham, we got cracking playoff hockey coming up in a couple days. I'm amped up. And uh, for anyone listening out there, too, who hasn't experienced playoff hockey and is new to the hockey scene, oh, boy, you are in for a treat in just a couple of days. Yeah, like I say, it's bittersweet, but as soon as as I get to watch and playoff games, got the both TVs set up already, you know, I'm ready for Monday night to hit, going to get four games going at once, and then it's just adrenaline-filled two months. Yeah, it's going to be absolutely wild. We got all the matchups, too. We're going to talk about those ones. We're going to obviously, you know, go in-depth about the matchup now that we know who they're facing, Durham, which is the Colorado Avalanche. But before we get into that just quite yet here, uh, let's go back into the last final stretch of hockey that the Kraken played in order to solidify their spot into the playoffs. Yeah, down the stretch there, they had six games. I mean, rattled off a few wins in a row there against some uh, pretty terrible teams, to be honest. And then the last two against Vegas didn't really go their way. Yeah, it was exactly what we were expecting. They rattled off four big wins in a row. And then the games we were definitely a little bit more, um, 
I guess, amped up to watch were those games against Vegas. And they didn't really go too, too well. You know, a 4-1 loss in Vegas. And then they play them in their final game of the season at home against Vegas once again in a 3-1 loss. So really, really struggled to find the back of the net against Vegas. But let's give credit where it's due. Laurent Brassois, the goalie from Vegas, was just standing on his head during those two games. Friggin' Vegas just never seems to have trouble with their goaltending, eh? They've gone from Flurry to Leonard to, shit, I can't remember his name, the right-handed kid, the Canadian rookie this year, Logan Thompson, and then to Brassois, and now their backup plan is Jonathan Quick. And all the other goalies who have slotted in to, you know, pick up wins, Aiden Hill was hot for a little bit with them. I, I mean... Ever since their first season, didn't they? They lost Flurry for a bit too that year, and then you know they still just were dominant. So, yeah, they had like eight goalies pick up wins for them last year. I mean, fucking Oscar Dansk got an NHL win for Vegas. Like, what the fuck? Yeah, it was just wild. But uh, yeah, looking back at some of those matchups, uh, what were some of the biggest things to come out of it? Well, ironically, if you want to pick two big points. They came against Arizona, but in two separate games. You get the 4-2 win where Seattle actually clinches a playoff spot, first time in history. And then the 4-1 game against Arizona where McCann becomes the first 40-goal scorer in Kraken history. Yeah, first 40-goal scorer and first 70-point guy in Kraken history as well. So Jared McCann finishing off the season very, very strong with that performance too. And uh, just to talk about how crazy that is that Jared McCann stepped up and potted in 40 goals this year. What a season for Jared McCann. Yeah, fantastic time for him. And also one other thing that I kind of forgot about, but also in the same Arizona game as McCann's 40th goal there, Joey Decord gets to become the first NHL player to play an NHL game at his home NCAA barn. Yeah, which was pretty cool to see. They put him in there near the end of the game. And, uh, you know, he spent a lot of years there, obviously. And that was a big part of his development. And uh, that was really cool just to see Joy Decord yet uh, put in the crease near the end of the game in that one. Yeah, neat to get neat to see him get that minute and a half. I think it was about minute 50 or whatever. But still, just cool to be able to say that now. Yeah, I played an NHL game in my college rink. What? Yeah, no kidding, right? Yeah, like you say that three years ago, that would have been uh, just a wild one to to come up with. Speaking of college rinks in Arizona, did you see the jokes about Logan Cooley taking his time to decide whether he wants to go back to college next year or sign with Arizona? No, everyone's like, well, so obviously it's an actual decision this time because he plays in front of twice as many fans at Minnesota as he would in Arizona. <laughs> Yeah, that, that's that's rough. <laughs> right? Like, and it's not even a joke. It's true. Yeah, it's it's fat. You could check fact that one. Everything's true on that statement. Just ugh, stupid coyotes. But yeah, that's it. I'm just excited, man. Like playoffs is going to be a good one. Uh, just the fact that we get to watch Seattle crack. And I mean, what an accomplishment this team has had. And I don't think they really got discussed enough in uh, the media of just how amazing it was for this team to go from, you know, 60 points total in their first season in the NHL to an increase of 40 points to hit 100 points on the year and to make it to playoffs. And 
without it that many roster moves or roster changes that they really made. I mean, uh, they still have a lot of the same players that they drafted. They, you know, they obviously signed a couple good pieces and, and then that other than that, that's about it. it. This team really came together this season and, uh, it was just so impressive to be on the journey the whole time and watching these games and watching this team develop. Yeah. I mean, if you look at the differences from last year to this year, at least up front this year, you could say they added, they added Tolvin and halfway through. So that kind of counts. Bjorkstrand was a good addition to the third line there. And I think the biggest addition that this team's had all year. Yeah. You can say Burakovsky has been huge, but he's been out for quite a bit of it, but Matty Beneers, Stepping into that number one center and stepping into it effectively was huge for this team. Such a huge year for Matty Beneers. And to be, you know, up against other elite top centers all around the NHL night in and night out. And the first time in his career, he's playing this many games like in a season as well. So, uh, you know, he stayed relatively healthy and, and put up a really fair amount of points too, Durham. Yeah, he had a fantastic year as a rookie. I mean, almost reached 25 goals, falls just short, landing on 24, almost hit 60 points. I think he had 54, if I'm remembering 50, correctly. 57, 57 oh, points 57. total. Yeah, it was that last streak of games there where he kind of went off, had some good good games too, and, and finished the year strong. But, I mean, I think we had him tagged for around 60 to 65, and, uh, you know, and he was right there with it. And maybe he had a bit of a cold sprout in, in some points, but, you know, his defensive hockey was still right there. It was still on par. I mean, he popped in four power play goals as well. Uh, just, just a dominant year for him. Like, uh, you couldn't ask for a better season and he's only going to get better from here on out. And, and, uh, no doubt in my mind, he's taking home that Calder. Oh yeah. He's definitely going to win that. If anyone listened to, uh, some advice we shot out at the start of the year, they're making a little bit of money on that. You're getting paid, baby. I mean, I didn't take my own advice, but whatever. Hey, way she goes sometimes. Um, Durham. We had a bit of a, some Seattle Kraken news too, just while we're we're getting amped up and waiting for these playoffs. So, uh, you want to get us? You want to hit us with that? Yeah, the Kraken signed David Goyetti and uh, Logan Morrison to their entry level contracts. Obviously, they drafted Goyetti, and Morrison was a free agent. He's currently playing for the Sixty Sevens in the OHL, doing pretty well. He won uh, won the OHL championship last year on the same team as Ryan Winterton for Kraken fans to kind of put a little bit of familiarity to that yeah yeah he was part of that uh, it was hamilton correct yep yeah and yeah, the hamilton uh, bulldogs yeah so they ended up signing him just as basically an overager free agent player this season and and uh when you start to look at his numbers uh pretty incredible stuff i mean last year's playoffs he had 39 points in 19 games uh, to go on that run and win it with Hamilton. So super, super impressive. And of course, you know, playoffs have already started in the OHL this year. And I believe they basically are just starting the second round now, which Ottawa 67 is a team he's currently on is definitely in that second round. And I forget who they bounced in the first round, but he did some more damage there, putting up 13 points in six games, eight of those being goals. So over a goal a game. So nice little signing here by the crack. And I really like this. Yeah. I can't remember who they played in the first round either, but I do know they're up one, nothing against Peterborough that in the second round, they already got started. 
Yeah, I believe but, yeah, so. Logan Morrison is good Hitchner. signing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Which Great means signing. uh leads to the next part here. If you're wondering if Kitchener's moved on, that means Shane Wright was bounced and the Windsor Spitfires were eliminated from the OHL playoffs. So Heart Wright was set to Coachella. Yeah, First was number one seed in the showing. OHL to ever be swept by an eight seed. Wow. Really? Just hit yep. me with a crazy fact like that. I had no idea. That's the first time a one seed's been swept by an eight seed. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Just yeah. It's not good to be terrible. a part of that team, especially with Windsor how much traded Windsor eighteen traded. picks. That's what say. I was just getting to. They traded eighteen picks for Shane Wright and two other players who I can't remember their names off the top of my head, but all three of those players went minus two individually or minus three individually in the four games and combined for two goals. Yeah. Yikes. Uh, and right. obviously it wasn't a great showing for Shane, Wright, But if there is a positive to take away from this, uh, it's him being able to join uh, Coachella Valley, right? Exactly. That's the only good thing about him falling off in the first round there is he gets to jump right into the AHL playoffs. Yeah, and that's going to be huge for for that team to pick that uh, pick up Shane Wright. Obviously, uh, what do you expect for Coachella? I expect probably two rounds. They should win. You get to the third round. I mean, fucking anything can happen, right? You get injuries at that point. You run into a hot goalie. But I think the first round you should absolutely win, especially being this high of a seed. And the second yeah, no round. Kidding especially getting the younger kids like Goyetti's also joining Coachella. So that's going to be interesting to see how he does. He's got a game in so far, but yeah, to see if they can push the young kids in and see what they can do at the pro level in playoffs here. Maybe that gives them a bit of a poop, bit of a boost. Yeah. A bit of a boot, eh? bit of a boot, <laughs> a bit of a boot from behind, but uh, no, I'm uh, amped up to see what that, that team can do. Cause there's so much young talent in there. I mean, Ty Cartier, right? Uh, another guy that Seattle to, you know, signed basically as an overager last year as well, right? Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what he ha- what happens with him. Kind of, you know, rookie year in the AHL here did fantastic. I think he was the first Kraken ever signed, correct? I believe so, yeah. And again, like once again, he was uh, just absolutely dominant in the AHL this year. And it just shows that, uh, you know, just some of their development so far and their scouts have been on point for the Kraken so far, even even on the uh, just the early overall look of things. Yeah, so it's going to be interesting to see the next couple of years if that trend continues and helps promote growth in the AHL and pushes guys in the NHL because that's what you need is competitive minor league teams to push guys and compete with NHL spots and take roster jobs away from guys that aren't doing as well. Exactly. And no doubt about it, they're going to have a handful of those types of players trying to push for uh, NHL roster spots. And I think because of that, that's really going to help the Seattle Kraken team, uh, you know, stay within a really healthy margin in the salary cap and give them a lot of flexibility just because they're going to have so many young guys, especially up on the forward side of things. I mean, there's still players from uh from Europe that you know, obviously they've picked in the last couple drafts who got to move over and play North America hockey at some point too so uh there's a lot to lot to be excited about and uh 
ton to be excited about in a couple days here as playoffs start. So why don't we jump right into our Seattle Kraken versus Colorado Avalanche playoff preview for the first round here, baby. Yeah, jumping in. Well, the Kraken for their first time in the playoffs, getting nobody other than the defending cup champs who are going to see the return of Kale McCarr for game one. He's been out indefinitely before was the term they use, but we all know how Colorado is with their uh, injury lint wordage. They're kind of pretty loose with the tongue in that. But they're still missing Landis Cog. They said he's not coming back for the playoffs. Yeah, Landis Cog is done for all of the playoffs. Obviously, that knee injury has had some setbacks. And unfortunately, another player who's had some setbacks in their recovery, and that's Andre Burakovsky, which is really, really disappointing, especially after seeing him in the red non-contact jersey practicing. But, you know, uh, I guess when he suited up in that practice, he had another big setback of his own and. Unfortunately, we're not going to see Burakovsky at all for the playoffs, which is a huge, huge blow for the Kraken. And especially the fact that they're playing the Colorado Avalanche first round. Of course, that's Burakovsky's previous team where he was on that cup winning team just last year, scoring some big goals. So it would have been really, really cool to see him going up against his former team, Durham. It would have been a a cool thing to have. And of course, Burakovsky being the kind of player he is, uh, you know, that would have added so much more to that lineup for the Kraken. Yeah. Missing Burakovsky, I think is going to be big, big blow to the Kraken. Cause I mean, if you want to look at the team's lineup side by side, obviously forward depth is what's going to try and keep the Kraken afloat. But I don't want to be too down at the same time. I'm definitely taking Colorado in this series. I don't know. Their star power, I think, is just going to overwhelm the depth D that the Kraken have. Because I don't think, all respect to Vince Dunn and Adam Larson, the fantastic year they've had, I don't think you can keep putting them out over and over and over against Nathan McKinnon. That's not going to end well. Yeah, this is one where it's, you know, if you're going to face the defending Stanley cup champions, at least uh, they're, they're doing it where, you know, Landis Cog isn't on that team right now because of injury, but this is going to be a really, really hard battle. I mean, if you're going to look at some of the stats though, I mean, these teams have played each other very, very close this year, Durham. In fact, Seattle's won two out of the three matchups against Colorado throughout the year. And uh, one of those, two of those games going past regulation. So really, really tight matchups. They got a 3-2 win against them in the, uh, I guess it would have been the second week of the season. And then Colorado, to start in the new year in January, got a 2-1 shootout win against the Kraken. And then uh, not too, too long ago, the Kraken beating them 3-2 in overtime. So all one-goal games. Does this kind of give you any sense of what this series could be? I think it might be a little bit of false hope. I don't know. I don't want to sound like a pessimist here, but I do think like it is going to be, a, they're going to try and keep it tight checking. But when Colorado gets to the playoffs, at least in the past, we've seen them have another gear. And when they step to it, there's very few teams that can keep up with them. So I don't know if we're going to be able to do that in the playoffs. It's just a whole, like, you know, it's a whole nother level of, Hockey, the regular season's one thing, but if you can keep up with them, great. But it's another fucking level. And Nathan McKinnon scares me. Did you see him last night against Nashville? They were like, oh, hey, Nate, 
we need to win this game to win the division. And he's like, yeah, I know. I know. He just went off. He just got a hat trick. Off, like he just, just said, yeah, I got it. Yeah. that Nathan McKinnon is just, uh, he's just on such another level, man. And, uh, that's going to be the what I I think that's the biggest X factor. If you have any way of shutting them down, uh, th- then you could give yourself a chance to win this series. And I'm expecting to see that Yanni Gord line going up against Nathan McKinnon's line quite a bit. I think you uh, you stick Yanni Gord right on right on his lap and and uh, you know piss him off as much as possible. I think you can maybe get him aggravated, but at the same time, we've seen. Nathan McKinnon when he's mad and uh, there's a reason why they call him the mad dog is because he hustles and he, he's just dynamite out there. He will go straight through somebody to help his team. And that's yeah. what worries me is Yanni Gord may be the only centerman on our team that could compete physically with McKinnon. Like this is a team that already sucks at face off. So now we're going to be giving them the puck 60% of the time. And we're just hoping that Gord's going to be strong enough to get it back. Yeah. Yeah. That's the, that's another thing. It's another great point that you're making. Uh, It's going to be such a tough series for the Kraken, but you know, when they play together as a team, they really are a dominant team and and can swing Mm -hmm. a game. But what really worries me is the goaltending here, Durham. Oh Yeah. Man, like, I, I was stunned today to learn Georgiev tied the NHL lead in wins last night with 40. I was like, fucking Georgiev has 40 wins? He's been playing so much hockey. And yeah, it blew me away too. The fact that he's got 40 wins and only 16 losses. And uh, of course, six in overtime. But, you know, five shutouts on the year, a 9-19 save percentage with a goals against average of 2.53. When you look at last year's stats as uh, a backup with New York and you compare it to what he did uh, as a starter with Colorado on a team that was injured for all, all year long, right? Never played a single game fully healthy. Um, it's just very, very impressive what, what step he's taken in his career. Yeah, I mean, go. New York seems to be, I mean, obviously I'm talking about the Rangers here, but they seem to be just the backup goalie factory, eh? For the last, like, 10 years, it seems, every couple of years, there's a goalie they're shipping out of there that someone wants to be their new starter. Yeah, and, and it's because Talbot their starters and just Ranta good, right? <laughs> and Who was the other Russian kid just a couple of years ago who got sent out? Uh, he didn't work out, but they thought he was going to be good. Drawing a blank, drawing a blank here. Anyways, but yeah, here's another one now. Freaking Georgiev, they're like, yeah, we'll just send him to Colorado for like a second round pick. And then, what do you mean he had more wins than Shesterkin did this year? Yeah, yeah, I know it's crazy, right? Like he he got more wins than the Rangers goalies. Like it's it's just insane to think about, but. Maybe this is a big opportunity for the the guy in the opposite side of the crease here, Philip Grubauer, the German gentleman, to put a dagger into the heart of the Colorado Avalanche, a team that he had found success with uh, earlier in his career. Yeah, kind of a big redemption for here for Grubauer, right? Like he said, I wanted big money. They said, you're not worth it. They got rid of him and they immediately won with somebody else the next year. So if there's anybody that's fired up for this series, it's got to be Grubauer. Big time, yeah. And, uh, I mean, he had 
fantastic numbers too in that final season uh, as a Colorado Avalanche too. So he was uh, a Vesna finalist. Yeah, Vesna finalist, like seven shutouts, nine twenty-two save percentage. Like he had a one point nine five goals against. So he wasn't. He's letting in less than two goals a game on average. Yeah, and they're just like, yeah, we can do it without you. In fact, we think you're what's hurting us. Yeah, which this would be an opportunity to really stick it in the Colorado Avalanche's face. But uh, yeah, what else do you have? Any other X factors that you can bring to the table about this series here? Uh, I Actually, I, I don't think so. I think I've gone over everything that I had for the series. Yeah, other than the fact that, uh, you know, we're just pumped to be able to watch it and, and uh, watch some Seattle Kraken hockey. And I cannot wait to hear what Climate Pledge is like in their first ever playoff game because you know that place is going to be rocking. Well, they're like the fifth most expensive resale ticket value for the 16 NH or for the 16 playoff teams. So there's a hell of a demand there. It better be bumping. Oh, it will be. It it's always bumping in in Seattle too. They had a, such a loud building all year long, all year long, and you know they're gonna elevate it to that next level, and and that's what the players have to do on the ice is really elevate their game to the next level. But uh, this could be a bit of a breakout for Maddie Beniers, I think, especially if you find yourself matching Yanni Gord up with. Uh, you know, the top line in Colorado, the McKinnon, the Rantanen, and, you know, all these top guys. Maybe that gives a little bit more room for Matty Beneers, Jared McCann, that line to really find some offense against some of the depth of Colorado. Well, the one thing you want to make sure you're not getting is Beneers lined up against Comfer, right? Because that's our best offensive line. And if they're putting Comfer on us, then that's their best shutdown line. Yeah, but that's definitely going to be their game plan. I, I can't see them trying to match it any other way. Yeah, I can't see them looking at the other three lines and saying, we need to stop them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. Part of me really wanted to see Seattle versus Dallas. Um, just for the main main reason was because I knew it would start on the Monday instead of Tuesday. And I work Tuesday night and Thursday night. I think I'm going to be able to watch most of game one. Game two, I'm definitely going to miss unless it goes to OT, which is another great point about playoff hockey is these some of these games are going to go a long time. And I could see a couple of these games versus, you know, Seattle versus Colorado here, you know, just like in regular season where they went extra time and went into overtime. So, uh, you know, kind of hoping to see some of that because it's a, the best hockey you could watch. More than once in the next couple months, I'm going to fall asleep and wake up and the same game's still going to be on. Yeah, that that already happens to you anyways. So, Well, not usually the same game, unless we're gaming. Yeah, yeah very happened. true, very true. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely happened. Kraken fans, it's NBA playoffs time. That means big hoops action with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Get in on the excitement of every game with the touch of a button. New customers can make a $5 pregame Moneyline bet and score $150 in bonus bets if their team wins. Plus, everyone can score a no-sweat same-game parlay every day during the NBA playoffs. Open the DraftKings Sportsbook app 
opt in and place a same game parlay on any NBA game. If it doesn't hit, you'll get a bonus of up to $10 back. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and sign up with code THPN. New customers can make a $5 pregame money line bet and score $150 in bonus bets if their team wins. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. All right, welcome back, Kraken fans and Durham. We talked about the main series here. Now let's go through all the rest of them here, baby. And let's uh, give a little bit of a preview of the rest of the matchups throughout the playoffs here, starting with Minnesota versus Dallas. Oh, the, the Stars versus the old Minnesota team, eh? A little bit of a franchise mac- mashup here. Not many people know that. The Minnesota North Stars moved to Dallas and just dropped the North. Yeah, it's kind of like they're playing themselves here. It's like the old, uh, when Winnipeg played Calgary a couple years ago, I was always making jokes. I'm like, ah, it's the two Atlanta teams. Yeah, again, not many people would have caught up on that. But what do you have for this matchup? Uh, This is an intriguing one. Yeah, this is interesting just because Minnesota's playing so well lately. I mean, the first couple months of 2023, we were like, wow, they suck without Kaprizov. Like, he's their whole team. And then they lost Kaprizov, and they're like, hey, fuck you guys. You don't know anything about hockey. We're pretty good. So they just shoved that up my hoop. Minnesota's been playing real well. Dallas has had a reemergence from their old guys, you know, Sagan, Ben. Pavelski's still good. He never really slumps. Heiskanen's had a big jump this year, taking over that number one role on defense. But I, I, I don't know. I mean, fuck, this honestly could be a coin flip series. I think I want to give goaltending edge to Dallas just because of what Odinger did last year. Yeah, that's a great point. I was going to say, I think this is going to be the battle of the goaltending in this series. Um, just with the way the goaltenders are playing uh, for both of these teams, you look at what uh, Gus Sipson has done, and uh, obviously Flurry's too, uh, just been right there with Gustafson, especially as of late. They're, they're playing him a little bit more, it feels like. So I, I can't imagine, uh, you know, it'd be interesting who they start in game one, to be honest. Uh, I got to think they start Flurry first. But like you said, Ottinger, who was an absolute stud when they played against Calgary last year in, in the first round, and he almost stole that series by himself. And and just with the way these two teams can play defensively, this is going to be a really, really tight, checking, hard-hitting, heavy series. Yeah, this is actually, well, obviously, like, spoiler alert, LA versus Edmonton is the series in the West I am itching to fucking watch. But I think this one could be another one where it's just good hockey back and forth for six or seven games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. I think this one goes the distance. And I'm not even sure yet who's going to win. I would have to give my edge, I think, Dallas. I think I really like what Heiskanen has done. And if you remember not too many years back there when Dallas went on their run to the cup final and just how big of a part that Heiskanen played. I mean, he was in Con Smythe talks, you know, ever since the start of the second round, basically from that run they went on. And I have a feeling that he could uh, kind of reemerge into that same uh, Con Smythe 
trophy talk kind of player again. I mean, like, no one's really talking about Heisken in this year in terms of big media. Everyone, when it goes to D, is Carlson, McCarr, Fox. Quinn Hughes played amazing this year. Fucking Miro Heisken had 73 points in 79 games. Like, yeah, and what? no one's talking about him. And he's like, what, 22, 23, maybe? Me, yeah, yeah, he that. was. Yeah, he's 23. Yeah, he's, he's 23 good. years old and almost a point a game defenseman. And he's good defensively, too. Like, fuck me. He's a stud defensively. He's unreal defensively. Like, like he's such a good all around defenseman. He, he doesn't get enough credit. And I think he could be the big X factor in that series. I was just going to say, I think we just talked me into picking Dallas. Yeah, and this is a series where maybe watch the first game, but I I would be inclined to you know throw a couple uh, throw a couple bets on the under in that series. Just a low scoring goalie game. I every think this game. is I think this is going to be a very low scoring series for the most part. I could see that. I mean, mm-hmm. it's interesting too because every time Flurry's in like a true goalie tandem, he does pretty good. Hmm. Yeah, I'm going to go Dallas and seven. I'll go Dallas and six just to be different. Nice. Okay, moving right along. Uh, Vegas versus Winnipeg here. We got obviously the top seed in the Pacific Division versus uh, what the second wild card of Winnipeg here. A team that really fell off the map in the second half of the season, but still managed to squeak into playoffs. What do you got for this one? Uh, I got, unless Hellebuck just stands on his head, I got Winnipeg getting bounced in five. Bounced in five, yeah, yeah. You know what? I could see something similar just with the trajectory that Winnipeg's on and how good Vegas has been and how dominant. And not only that, but they are getting healthier too. I mean, Mark Stone is expected to be back in the lineup for Vegas for game one as well. So that's another huge boost to that team. Yeah, you have Jack Eichel on one line and Mark Stone running another line. Like, I don't see Winnipeg being able to keep up with that. No, and even when you take a look at goaltending, yeah, Hellebuck has really good numbers this year. I mean, 37 wins, uh, you know, 920 save percentage, four shutouts, 2.49 goals against average, really good stats. But you take a look at Lauren Brassois and how good of a run he's been on lately. And then they added Jonathan quick too, who's put up a really fantastic number since he's joined the team. Uh, I just, I just give the edge to Vegas. I think they're, they're flying right now. They've been really impressive. Yeah. There's been the odd bright spot here and there from Winnipeg, little flashes in the pan. But like you said, since they dropped off from January, they just look so bad for the most part. And, I agree. I got a side with Vegas here. I think there's a little more firepower up front. I think they have way better defensemen as a core. And I don't yeah. think that's really close. Yeah. And, and I think that's like, going to be the difference for goaltending because they should be able to help out a lot more and limit the backdoor chances for Bursois. Yeah. Uh, I really like the way Vegas is. Uh, D is built too. I mean, Shea Theodore is an absolute stud back there. And then you take a look at uh, all the block shots they're getting from what, like Alec Martinez and and uh, who else was up there at the top of that list? It was Martinez, Martinez McNabb, McNabb right? and Petrangelo. Three yeah. of them were in the top ten for blocks. And I was gonna say Petrangelo, like 
stud defenseman. I mean, with 73 games played 54 points, another great year from him. And uh, just remember the kind of impact he had for that St. Louis team when they went on the run and, and uh, won the cup too. And, and he was, he, he probably would have been next in line to win the con Smythe if it wasn't Ryan O'Reilly. Something that I just realized today is going to be interesting to watch for this series. And something that I personally am going to be looking out for. This is Jack Eichel's first time in the playoffs. Wow. Yeah. That is another big X factor. Not only to add to that, but, uh, Vegas beat Winnipeg all three times they played them this season as well. So um, they've obviously found some success against them already. And all of those matchups were in the first half of the year too, before the Jets fell apart. Oh, so that's when Vegas was not as good as Winnipeg and they beat them all three times. I'm changing it to Golden Knights in four. <laughs> I, I'm going to go Vegas in five. I'm going to go Vegas and I'm kind of stealing what you already said, but you son uh, of a bitch. Yeah. And okay. Moving on to the final matchup in the West Western conference here, Durham, uh, Edmonton versus LA. This is going to be an exciting one. I'm going to love this series. So goddamn much, even though it's going to be Edmonton in six. Oh my God. It's going to be a glorious six games. You know what? It might even be five. That just completely depends on whether Stuart Skinner can keep his shit together. I funny enough, I see it playing out almost exactly like last year. And I think Edmonton wins in seven games. I think LA is one of the best teams in the West right now and with the way they're playing they're just been dynamite they have all these guys who are firing on all cylinders right now adrian kempe has been so hot down the stretch i mean 41 goals for adrian kempe now this season uh that he hit uh super impressive i mean he had i think five goals in his final three games too to to be able to hit that 40 goal mark and you know i just remember him being such a factor last year in their first round and just how good of a player he was for for LA. I think I think he's getting hot at the right time and that's not going to be good for for Edmonton. And I, I really see this going the distance. I think it goes seven games. I totally could see it, especially with I mean, I know both goalies have been playing well, but we gotta give the lean to Corpusalo and how fucking amazing he's been for the Kings. Yeah, so exactly. Edge yeah. is definitely to the Kings for goaltending. But also at the same time, I know they're playing so well. I think this Edmonton Oilers team is so much better than they were last year. They're also healthier. Like I'm pretty sure last year going into the Kings series, Dreisaitl was hurt, and then he really fucked up his ankle, and then that's when they were like, hey, look at all the Calgary Flames slashing him in the ankle. I wonder if it's hurt. <laughs> yeah, I know. That was, that was the most obvious unannounced injury of all time. The funniest thing, too, is he was on 32 Thoughts after the playoffs, Dreisaitl was, and Merrick asked him about that. And Leon's like, oh, yeah, we were all laughing on the bench because they were slashing the wrong ankle. They were slashing my left ankle, and it was my right one that was hurt. <laughs> it's just amazing, to be honest. <laughs> so, like, anytime someone would slash him, he'd, like, grimace or made it look like it hurt so that they didn't start slashing his good or bad ankle. <laughs> That's pretty smart, actually. Another tidbit: this team, these two teams, split the season series, uh, two games apiece as well. That is interesting. Yeah, 
Uh, that certainly pushes the seven game agenda. Yeah, I mean, it, it kind of lines up with that a little bit. Obviously, you can't put too much, uh, you know, into that. But at the same time, I don't know. I think this is going to be a banger of a series. And yeah, yeah, I would be shitting my pants if I was an LA Kings fan, though. And I took a look at McDavid's and Dreisaitl's playoff point stats last season and was like, whoa, he played the 18 games and had 36 points? Like, what? I would be kind of crapping my pants about that. Dry Seidel had 128 points this year, right? Yeah. That would win the Art Ross every single season for the last 25 years. This year, <laughs> he finished second by 25 points. Both of those guys play on the same team. If I'm an LA Kings fan, I am pissing myself just like we're fucking, we're fucked. Like, you're yeah, hoping, I know. you're assuming the worst. And then if, anything positive happens you're just exploding with joy but it ain't gonna happen la but they've been really good at shutting shutting teams down too so but i mean now you have to shut down the best players literally the best players like and what do you do if they split them up like they play on two separate lines right now who do you send kopitar after i mean i know you have to know but are you going to play the entire game going, okay, we're just chasing those two guys around? You might have to. I don't know if you can win like that. They're going to have to try. Fuck, they got to do something. <laughs> Someone's got to come up with an idea that doesn't involve killing Connor. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. But, I mean, they made some different changes. I mean, they brought in Kevin Fiala, too, and... and uh well, Victor Everton has been pretty hot down the stretch. Quentin Byfield's kind of finding his game. And the addition of Gavrikov has been really, really good. And it's it's been really similar, these two teams down the stretch. Like Edmonton adding Ekholm and them adding Gavrikov. And they both went on these insane runs and played really good defense. So, um, But I, I give the edge to Edmonton. Yeah, that's fair point. Those are two or not two, but those are a few pretty good ads for LA and basically in the same categories of ads that Edmonton had. So, but I do think LA added the better goaltender. Fuck. Now I'm, I don't know. I'm just fucking excited to watch this series. If Stuart Skinner gets Edmonton chased, if Skinner gets chased a couple times, if he gets yeah, chased I... once, I think they're fucked. Yeah. Forget a couple oh, times. Yeah. Once gets will... to your head, especially as a rookie. If he gets bounced in game one, then, oh, man. I know, I know. You're not, I'm sorry, but you're not throwing Jack Campbell out there for game two. No, you fucking can't. You got to go back to Skinner for two. And And if he has a bad game, you're absolutely screwed. That's where I think things could get pretty interesting. Uh, Moving on, though. Moving on here to the Eastern Conference, and we'll start things off with uh, the Florida Panthers versus the best team in NHL season history, the Boston Bruins. Shit. <laughs> Someone a little upset over there? No, someone's a lot of upset over here. <laughs> All right, put the emotions to the side. What do you got for this one? I'm involved in hockey. I can't put my emotions aside. The goddamn Boston <laughs> Bruins are one of the best teams in the NHL. Sure, the Florida Panthers have been, well, they're not, I'm going to say they're one of the best teams in the NHL because regular season no longer means jack shit. Everybody saw that with Tampa a few years ago. 
It's a fucking clean slate here. Florida's been playing amazing coming in the last few weeks. I will put stock in that. But it's the fucking Bruins, man. There's the, the swagger around that team right now. I just I don't see them losing, not at least not in the first round. And I got them dismantling Florida in six games. I know you're like, dismantling six games? You're an idiot. Shut up and just watch the series. They're going <laughs> to kill them. Yeah, I think Florida is going to be able to you know, find some success finding the back of the net. Like this is a team that has no trouble scoring goals, right? Like they they can definitely find the back of the net. I mean, sixth overall in the NHL this season for goals for. So, uh, no, you know, that's just just behind Boston Bruins who sit second with 3.67. So uh, they obviously can get it done there. They're a top 10 team on the power play. Uh, they're, yeah. They're still a really good team here, uh, and I think it's unfortunate that Florida was uh, what lost that last game against Carolina and had to end up facing Boston because I think Boston's just too good. Obviously, you know we pumped their tires enough on this pod. They're they're sick on the back end. They have amazing goaltending right now. They have amazing defense, and you know all the trades they made too to just uh, you know they added Orlov and and Tyler Bertuzzi and. Garnet is it Garnet Hathaway or Garrett Hathaway? Garnet yep. Hathaway. Garnet. Yeah, like just fantastic adds to an already super deep team, and um, yeah, both of these teams have studs. Obviously up front, I mean Pasternak, 113 points, but Matthew Kachuk was right there at 109. He was only four points behind him, and three less games played. Matthew Kachuk is hands down the best. Well, I guess you got Barkov there, but I'm going to say this season, hands down, the best Florida Panther. No so, doubt about it. No fucking doubt heart about and it. soul of that team right now, pulling them through everything. That's yeah, the only thing I think on Austin would have to worry list. about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's fair. Who you got two? Don't worry about it. <laughs> what are you fucking voting? <laughs> Maybe. I can't let Damn. you know that till after the votes, though. Legally, this did get legit. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. As soon as you send it in. So this is who my ballot was. Okay, Elliot. So I really like Boston in six. I like that. Uh, but I'm going to go Boston in five. I wanted to say five, but I gave Florida a little bit of credit, especially after getting bounced from last year. I think they're going to have a hard go. Yeah, I think they're going to be all in this year. And uh, we'll see what Paul Maurice can do with this squad now. I think he's a little bit better at making adjustments because last season, I mean, they just played Bobrovsky too much in net. (laughs) That was the problem. That's what we were saying going in was as soon as Spencer Knight takes over, the real Florida Panthers show up. Yeah, and they did, but it was just too little too late. But now Alex Leon has a chance to to do do some damage there. Yeah, let's see what he does. Mm -hmm. All right, moving on here. We got uh, another matchup that was the same as last year's tampa bay lightning versus the toronto maple leafs durham and uh what you got here i don't know what's gonna happen when i say this but i am taking toronto this time i actually think they could beat the lightning this year i'm gonna still say it's seven games so that if it goes either way i can be like look i fucking said seven games leave me alone but i don't know tampa just they look a little off right now. They are kind of having a lot of hockey catch up to them. It's just, I don't know. It's 
fucking anything could happen. It seems like it's kind of the LA Edmonton series where it's just going to come down to whoever's goalie doesn't shit the bed. And obviously Vasilevsky's probably not going to. Yeah. Uh, I'll tell you what I do know. Tampa is not the same team that they were in the the previous last few years. And no. I think legit, I'm a lifelong Senators fan. And I have Toronto winning this series this year. It it's just the like if you're a hockey fan, you watch it and you're like, yeah, it, it looks like it's theirs to lose. Now, mind you, so was the three one lead against Montreal. So, who fucking knows? That's the biggest thing. I think, uh, yeah, in this case right now, the Leafs are their own worst enemy, and this is. It couldn't have been a better opportunity to, for them to finally take that step forward and make it to the second round of playoffs. And, um, you, you know, I know Vasilevsky's had his struggles, but he's been pretty darn good down the stretch. But again, um, I, I just, I just like what I've seen from Toronto. And, uh, even though Matt Murray might be, you know, injured on the sideline, Joseph Wool has come up and been six one and zero for the team as well, and, and showed really good. So, if there's an is if there's a time where Samsonov gets pulled, and I'd be okay with throwing the guy in there. Yeah, I do think they're probably gonna try and run with Samsonov as much as they can, but like you said, Wool's been been playing fine. So if you got to throw them in for a bit of a relief game, maybe it's like you, maybe you're down four goals in the third or whatever. And you want to give Samson the rest of the night off to kind of get ready for the next game and just prepare. I don't see an issue with that. He's played fine well enough to get a little bit of playoff minutes, but I don't know if you'd be starting them. Yeah, no, no, not at all. I think it's Samson for sure. Um, but things to expect from this series, I think with uh, the matchup from last year and how nasty things uh, were in the final game against these two just recently, I think it was what, like literally like four or five days ago when these two teams actually played each other, if I'm not mistaken. But yep. uh, things got pretty heated in that game. And I think the only way Tampa is really going to win this series if, is if they get under the skin of the Leafs and they become very very physical and almost in a dirty sense where they're you know, they're going out of their way um because if Toronto's on their game I think I think they're finally going to win a season or win a playoff series and that's going to be the first time since what 2005 something like that yeah right around there yep so uh, that's that's it's crazy to say I, I haven't picked Toronto before but um I'm picking them now yeah, I don't think I've picked them yet, but I am definitely taking them to beat Tampa this year. I think last year I said, you don't bet against Tampa. I'm fucking betting against Tampa this year. Man, they just look off. They do. They just Tired. seem off. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, worn out. They're just something about it, and and it makes sense. I mean, you can't be on a run forever, okay, unless you're Detroit. Right, and even then, that didn't end well. They're still no, like, fuck, can we get back in the playoffs? Like, they haven't no. made playoffs since they missed playoffs after, what, 21 seasons or 22, something like that? I think it was – I thought it was 25 straight years. Maybe it was. Yeah, I was maybe just thinking of Lindstrom's whole career. I think that – yeah, it was his entire career. It was, yeah, but I think that was only like 21 years or something. But um, anything else to add for that series? 
No, other than I think you're dead on with if Tampa's going to win, they're just going to get dirty as fuck. Yeah. Yeah, the physicality has to be in the way. But Toronto made great trades to try to counter some of that. So, again, Dude, we'll, we'll wait Pat and see. Maroon, so That's fucking Maybe awesome. that set the tone. I hope more tones get set. It's playoffs, baby. There's going to be tones everywhere. All right. Carolina versus New York Islanders. What do you got here? Fuck the Islanders. I'm going Carolina so hard. You know what's a neat little fun fact I just looked up? Jess Berry yep. caught Kenny was fifth on Carolina in points this year. Fifth. Everyone talked shit about the kid. 43 points. He would have been second on Montreal this year behind captain Nick Suzuki. Fuck. I didn't realize he was fifth for points. It just shows that Carolina is a team that struggles to score. Actually, again, this is kind of like the, the, West version of the uh, Minnesota Dallas, but these two teams are like, you know, again, like low scoring, great goaltending type of series. Yeah. Plus I don't hate Minnesota or Dallas. Like I do the Islanders. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck those guys. But this I'm is, I'm going to th- go, uh, Carolina in six. I do think Sorokin's going to steal a couple games. They're getting Barzell back for game one too. Call me crazy, like literally call me crazy, but I I wanted to go off the board with one series here, and I'm going to go with the Islanders. It wouldn't I, shock me. I think that uh, Ilya Sorokin is going gonna, is, gonna to steal this series. I think he's going to put this series in his back pocket. It's going to go seven games and somehow Carolina is going to squeeze out or sorry, the New York Islanders are going to squeeze out the win here. Yeah. Carolina always seems to make it tough on themselves, except for that first run where they just destroyed teams. They seem to always make series go six, seven games from now on. Yeah. Yeah, I know. It just always kind of get plays out like that. And I think they, for for whatever reason, they struggle. And the fact that they obviously don't have Pacioretty and then losing Shvechnikov too, I think I think that's just really going to hurt the Islanders here. That's going to help the Islanders. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, I keep, I keep freaking mixing up these <laughs> goddamn names of these two teams. There's a lot of teams here, man. We're almost done. I don't know. These two teams don't excite me ever. Like the Islanders never excite me. Hurricanes kind of did for a bit, but again, they kind of just not that exciting. I don't know. Don't really care what happens in this series, if I'm being honest, but I'm going to go with the New York Islanders. And I think Matt Barzell being back for game one is going to be huge. See, it's funny because I think you're looking at almost carbon copy teams playing against each other where they're just nose to the grindstone, work harder than you, and whatever talent they have, they're going to use it while working their bag off. Yeah, but I just love Carolina, and I don't like the Islanders. I think it's Rod Brindamore. Him oh, and Sebastian man, yeah. Ajo, they just make yeah. me happy. Yeah, and Ajo is a guy who can steal a series too. So um, Stole my heart. Yeah. Oh, okay. Mm. We're going there. Mm. Whoa. That, part, that part of the podcast, all right. Have you watched him play hockey? Are you kidding me? Yeah, I have. I have. He's pretty good. He's pretty good yeah. at it. He's all right. chippy as shit out there too. He is. That brings us to the final series here, Durham. New Jersey Devils versus the New York Rangers here. And uh, 
you know, this is this is going to be a fun one because obviously there's some history here behind these two teams. Yeah, battling across the Hudson River for the first time in a decade. I think 2012 was the last time when Brodeur's Devils yeah. beat Lundquist Rangers. In the conference final, right? Yep. And then Adam Henrique scores the OT goal in uh, game six to send them through. That's right. He had two series winners that year, I think. He did. He scored game seven in double overtime against Florida. Florida. And I think Jose Theodore was in net for Florida in that game. No way, Jose. (laughs) Yeah, way it was, Jose. (laughs) That's freaking wild. I wonder what he's up to these days. Man. It's wild the thinking know, back. He was a shit, man we rock. Like, oh, high school kids watching the playoff games, and now we're like, "What do you mean that was fucking twelve years ago?" Yeah, I know it's pretty crazy. But uh, let's break. Let's get into this actual series instead of talking about these past ones, man. What do you What do you have happening here? This is going to be uh, a, a very, very exciting series. Probably the most exciting one I think from the East. Yeah, I think this one. I'm going to say it goes seven just because I want it to. I want to watch seven games of Devils versus Rangers. I want to see Patrick Kane, Vladimir Tarasenko. Who's that other guy? Artemi Panarin. That's right. I almost forgot. <laughs> Who's that Going other against freaking Jack hey, Hughes, Timo Meyer. Yeah, Zabinajad, whatever. 91 points in 82 games. I mean, can't, can't knock it. It's Mika March, baby. March is over. It's April time. <laughs> but Dawson Mercer too. I think that kid's just built for the playoffs. I like him more and more. I watch him. I mean, it's yeah. I mean, sort of Hattie, but against Pittsburgh. It, but anytime you have like these uh, franchise players, like a Jack Hughes stepping in and playing in the playoffs for his very first time in his NHL career, I uh, you never know what to expect. But I, I think he's going to be putting up some sick points, Durham. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how he handles the physicality of the playoffs. But I mean, if you're going to come in against the Rangers, just keep your head up for Jacob Truba. Braden Schneider will throw it around too. But other than that, you're probably okay on their back end. I don't see a lot of guys up front that are going to really take runs at you. No, not a whole lot, but a little interesting tidbit here is um, the devils actually won the season series. They were three Oh and one in the four games against the Rangers and three of those games actually being one goal games as well. And the other one was just a two goal game where, where the devils won five, three, and I'm just going to check right now. Yes, it was an empty netter too. Uh, so basically with, with 16 seconds left. So basically all one goal games, I got, I forgot this one going seven as well, man, this, this, this series is going to be dynamite. Yeah. This is one where like, I, this one in Minnesota, I genuinely just, I have no fucking idea who's going to win. Yeah, you sit back, you watch it, and say, may the best team win, because they're going to beat each other up, and it's going to be fantastic to watch. Right? Like, you just sit there and, like, I hope someone bleeds tonight. Yeah. Not, like, a lot, but, like. <laughs> that was that was just wrong to say yeah. that whatever <laughs> just just fucking with you but uh, how, how do you bet against shish durkin i i want to take the devils in this series but it's hard to bet against shish durkin and this how stacked the team got at the trade deadline plus vanacek's played in the playoffs before he hasn't played good in the playoffs before oh so that's interesting too. has 
Shesterk had figured out how to play in the playoffs last year. Yeah, very true. Oh, man, there's just so much that could happen in this series. I can't, uh, I don't know. I can't bet for the Rangers, so I'm just going to say Devils in seven, I guess. I don't really hate the Devils for any particular reason. Yeah, well, that's good. Yeah, I, I got Devils too. I got Devils in seven too. So, um, yeah, that pretty much wraps that up. Also, wanted to mention congrats on uh, finishing second in uh, in fantasy hockey this year. Um, I too finished second. So, uh, we're both we're both finishing second in two different fantasy hockey pools. Yeah, we're the best losers. Yeah, and I think this is three years in a row that I finished second after, you know, in the finals. I know I was, uh, I think I, I was first place a couple of those years in regular season. And uh, yeah, I've just been on the streak of getting second. So um, yeah, the group chat was just rubbing that in my face today and, and uh, I was loving it. Just, was it at least tight or? No, no, not even. Oh, well, got... What the hell are they getting on about? I got blown away. Yeah, Let's well, see. if it's a blowout week, then why don't they just leave you alone and be like, hey, where'd I mean, you I, finish? I had great stats. I mean, like 28 goals, 32 assists. So I lost goals by two. I lost assists by 19. That's a lot. One plus minus by one plus 25. Pems were like 51. So I won that by a little bit. Got beat in power play points, shorthanded points, shots on goal, wins, goals against, save percentage, and we tied on shutouts. I just didn't have a chance. I mean, his goalie stats were redonkulous. Five wins, 1.30 goals against, and a 9.62 save percentage. That was, uh, I wasn't going to beat that. Yeah, those kind of those kind of goalie stats, are, and when you can take four right off the bat like that, it's kind of tough to win a week. Yeah, big time. But uh, you know what? At least I came third in the one we were in together. So, you know, when the money back there. So I was happy about that. Yeah, I seen you ended up third. And I was like, ha, Drake went from second to nothing. <laughs> Dude, I had some good stats too. I don't know. If I know. I was so glad I didn't him. play against you. <laughs> I know. I, I think I would have won it. It's uh, funny because I... I said to you and Kevin in our group there right last week i was like i need to win this week because no matter who i play against next week i'm fucked <laughs> and sure as shit yeah. i lost against luke and i looked at your stats and i'm like ty would have kicked my ass <laughs> no i had a fucking monster week i was like god damn it uh but you know it is what it is right that's 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 what it's all about fucking fantasy hockey are you doing any uh any like playoff fantasy hockey thing fuck no I never have. No, I might join like a bracket. I might do a bracket challenge thing. That's about it. I don't even know if I do those anymore. I used to when I was younger, but now I just tell my friends who I think is going to win, and then I get mad that I didn't bet on it when I picked one of the <laughs> series correct. Wait, more like seven. Come on, you're always on top of it. I think I think last year I got like 65 or 70% of the series right. Yeah, I remember it was like two or three years ago. I picked everything in the first round, correct? And, and then I was like top 0.3 or 2%. 
uh, percentile or whatever in the bracket challenge. And uh, yeah, I got really close that year to winning. In 2016, I picked all four of Pittsburgh's series when they won the cup. I got obviously them winning the series and I had the games correct. That's pretty sick. That's a, it's a good feeling. I haven't we'll see how we same. do. We'll see how we do with uh with ours here in uh, the first round. I'm gonna go nine for eight. Okay, that's uh, impossible, but we'll see how it goes. I'm gonna get every game right, so that's gonna be a bonus point. Okay, <laughs> well, I don't make the rules. I just made the rules. <laughs> well, I'm only following them, so we'll see how we do. Fucking right, buddy. Alrighty. Well, that wraps things up for episode number 24 and uh, join us next episode, man, because we're going to be able to talk about some cracking playoff hockey and hopefully some cracking wins, baby. I'm so excited to see McCann just start burying in the playoffs for the Kraken. That's going to be exciting. Hey, eh, Dur? It's going to be great. Who's going to get the first Kraken playoff goal? Jordan Eberle. Will Borgen. You know what? One thing I want to mention, Will Morgan. I mean, point shot, traffic in front. Um, we didn't talk about Jordan Eberle enough here, and uh, he could be an X factor in the playoffs. That guy wakes up in the playoffs. So look for Jordan Eberle. His beard's already growing. He looks amazing. Uh, he could be a big difference maker there. That's so I'm true. going Eberle up in the playoffs. He does. He steps up in the playoffs, baby. Uh, but thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Make sure to rate this episode five stars if you've enjoyed it. And like we said, stay tuned for that episode number 25 because it's going to be another big one. All right, let's get the puck out of here, Durham. Cheers, everybody. Peace.